Welcome to the Cold Chambers Podcast. I want to start off by saying thank you guys for coming back to another episode. Um, I got it. someone new here, Brent. Um, what's up, man? Hey, man. I'm looking forward to being here. Yeah, so we're going to get started today. Um, we're going to talk about the Kareem Hunt situation. Um, what's your thoughts on it? The Kareem Hunt situation is he's way too talented to be out of the NFL for long, and that sucks, but that's just how it is. Uh, I know that... What he did was wrong, and he's an awful person right now, but somebody's going to find him next year. He's going to be out this season, and he'll probably be suspended, but after that, he's going to play. Yeah, um, um, being on the NFL, the list, um, man, what's that list called? Where he's not going to be able to play the rest of the season, don't know, but yeah. You don't think no team's going to sign him this year, or you think they're going to wait till next year until everything kind of uh, goes clear? Someone trying to sign him this year, but he's on that uh, exemption list, right? Yeah, so yeah, that's the list. He can't like, perform in anything, so it's going to be next year that someone signs him. And if he serves the suspension, uh, I don't know if Roger Goodell's going to do it, but if he serves the suspension, then it'll be right after that. You don't think next year the Colts will ever try to take a shot at him, or you think maybe Chris might? Yeah, I know. Um, in the draft, um, last year before leading up, Chris Ballard and he said that he's not gonna stray away from guys with off-field problems. But at the same time, I'm not sure if this, if he'd really be okay signing somebody and take that bad media, um, bad media that's gonna come with the signing. He's a smart guy, and if he does something, the fans and Everybody will be behind him. It's just not going to look good if he does that. I remember when Joe Mixon was coming into the draft, he had a similar situation. And uh, Cincinnati still drafted him, but he would have gone in the first round if he didn't uh, do the domestic violence call. And another thing, um, Tyreek Hill with the Chiefs, he almost killed a woman or something like that. He beat up or hit a pregnant woman or something back in college or whatever. And that's the thing Chiefs overlooked. But I guess... Um, Main reason the Chiefs cut him is because um, Kareem Hunt lied to them about what happened, and I guess that that's probably a big reason they cut him. And if he didn't, maybe they would have tried to make things work. The video came out in a time where it was too late for the Chiefs to do anything. It was too late for the NFL to do anything. The NFL should have had that video and released it, and it shouldn't have taken until now for TMZ to do it. You think um, the Chiefs losing Kareem Hunt, this isn't Colts related, but you think them losing Kareem Hunt is going to affect their playoff run? No, Kareem Hunt is a special, special talent. But if you have Pat Mahomes back there and Spencer Ware is good enough to stand in, if you have Pat Mahomes back there, he's good enough to do something in the playoffs. I think Kareem Hunt is a little bit of a factor, but I think Pat Mahomes is good. Yeah. He's really having a great like MVP like season, but um. So next, we're gonna talk about Kelvin Benjamin. You think the Colts should go after him? I think it's a low risk, high reward signing. It's gonna be a one year, very low salary uh, signing. And you know what? If we do, we're gonna have to put incentives on his weight, like the Falcons did with Toe. 
We're going to have yeah. to put in fences on his weight to make sure he doesn't get too overweight. That was a problem in Carolina. Yeah, I was seeing people um, on my post comments saying, move him to tight end, that dude's too fat. So, yeah. But, I mean, his first year um, coming out of college in the NFL, he had a good season. So, I mean, the potential's there. He just needs to mentally get right and stay fit. But I would, I'd like yeah, to see the Colts yeah. try him try him out one year or something. I'm good if it's a small deal, one year, bring him in and since he's on his way. We need a big body outside of D.Y. We don't have a very big body outside of D.Y. on the other end, anyway. Yeah, for sure. Um, that Maurice Fountain guy on the practice squad never really made it to the roster. He's like what six one or whatever. Deion Kane is like six foot. We, re- I'd like to see Andrew Luck. That's why I'm entering the draft. I'd like to see the Colts go after that Stanford wide receiver or just a wide receiver in general that has size, because we've not seen Andrew Luck really play with a tall wideout. Andre Johnson was like six one. What he was like six one, I think. I agree, and I, you're completely right. And if we pick up a receiver, I think it'll be in the third round. But I don't see us going receiver first or second. We might pick up a playmaker in the second round, but there's defensive talent there still. We need another linebacker to line up next to Leonard, and I think we're going to go defense in that second. So if we pick up a receiver, it'll be in the third. Well, I think ultimately saying, like, what are we going to do, like, the first few rounds, oh, we're going to go this position, that position, that really doesn't mean anything because the Colts aren't going to draft on position needs. They're going to draft best player available. You saw that with Malik Hooker. Um, they go best player available on their big boards, so it's like unknown what we're going to see. Hopefully we address some needs, though. But um, let's see, moving on, we were going to talk about the third player. Um, Lost my mind. What was it? Oh, it was Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, Le'Veon Bell. What's your thoughts on potentially signing Le'Veon Bell in free agency? We have the money, and everybody knows it. He might want to come here. It might just be for money. But that man, I don't want very much because we have talented running backs in the backfield. We have to get time to develop them. And people just want Le'Veon because he thinks he's an answer. He's a short-term answer because he's not a very good presence right now in the NFL. And I think he's not worth all the money that he wants. Yeah, I think the three running backs we have right now, um, Marlon Mack, um, Naheem Hines, and Jordan Wilkins, I think those three are good right now. I don't think we should spend big money on a running back. Um, I'd rather put that money on defense or offensive line, like sign some more depth on offensive line, or even wide receiver, even though this free agency wide receiver class is pretty weak. But, um, yeah, I don't don't want to go after Le'Veon Bell. I know a lot of Colts fans do. And I know they said after the Jags game, see, we need a running back. But I don't see it. I don't want Le'Veon Bell. And, I mean, and look at it as a player, too. Because he didn't get the money he wanted, he set, he's sitting out a whole NFL season. I don't want that type of player on the Colts. I don't like that. Yeah. He might have deserved it, but he still was going to make, what, $14 million to play at least a little bit this season. James yeah. Conner has been... James Conner's been amazing for them, and he stepped right into Le'Veon's place, and we see how the Steelers are. So if we want a running back, if all the Colts Nation wants a running back, I want Bryce Love in the draft, but I don't think we're going to get him. I just don't think Le'Veon's our guy. Yeah, I, I'd i say stick it with Marlon Mack. Hopefully Marlon Mack can stay healthy. He's had some problems staying on the field a short time in his career. 
uh, Naheem Hines, good receiving back, and Jordan Wilkins. I like Jordan Wilkins coming out of Ole Miss. I remember in Ole Miss, um, he had like over five yards per carry against any SEC team. So that was pretty cool to see. But um, yeah, so next we're going to talk about the Jags game, that disappointing game. Um, what were your thoughts on it? disappointing. Offense did not show up that day. There was a bunch of drop passes. We looked how we did before the streak, which, before the streak, we did not look good at all. So we looked like we did before the streak, and we were talking earlier about Ryan Kelly being out and having his backup at center, and his backup at center, like I said, has been doing pretty well, except I think the running game up the middle, like you said earlier, is a problem because we don't have Ryan Kelly there, and I think that would have really helped well, and then late in that game, wasn't it like the last drive or the drive before the last drive, Evan Boheme, the backup, the backup center, got hurt, and they put in some guy I never even heard before. Um, he seemed to do okay, though, and then Evan Boheme came in the next drive, and then T.Y. Hilton got hurt and then came back in this, the final drive. But, yeah, what do you think about the, the three opportunities the Colts had in the red zone to kick a field goal? Or they either rent forward or turned the ball over. on their fantasy team like me was very upset. However, that's the type of coach Reich is. That's the type he came from Philadelphia. As we saw Monday night, Philly does Philly goes for it. So that's what he's doing here, but the pitch to the outside with Wilkins should have been ran up the middle and we should have had a touchdown on one of them. Yeah, see, I don't, I didn't like the, I like the going for it. I mean, if I was in the same situation and I was the coach, I would have went for it too. I, Phil, the Colts don't want to just kick field goals. I like that aggressive approach, but um, I didn't like the play calling on some of those plays. I didn't really like a lot of the play calling this game. But, I mean, I still believe in Frank. Um, I don't know, I just didn't like the play calling um, on the two fourth downs. So, Frank is a rookie head coach. Oh, yeah. And, uh, he, like, he didn't, what we're doing now is, amazing for a rookie head coach, a defensive coordinator that wasn't even signed for him, and this OC that we have, just play calling, not there this game, and it hurt us a lot, but also Andrew can change the play while he's in the puddle, or even change the play, kill the play, do something else at the line of scrimmage, and I feel like we got to be smarter all the way around with what we do. Yeah, defensively, though, that's one positive thing. I know it was Cody Kessler at quarterback, and there was no Leonard Fournette, but to hold an NFL team to six points, that's pretty good. Whether it's the Jags, it's still really good to do. Really, um, I, I have a lot of – I like the team that's on defense right now. I like a lot of the young players, Kamoko Ture, Darius Leonard, the defensive end from Ohio State. I keep forgetting that dude's name. Tyquan Lewis. Yep. I like a lot of the young. I like Quincy Wilson a lot. Um, I think he is. He could be the future. Uh, just has to stay consistent. Um, so yeah. What are your thoughts? Like, uh, I like. I like Nate Harrison a lot. I think Harrison yeah. is a bigger corner who can be put on the other side. Kenny Moore has been amazing. Uh, Lewis has been playing outside on the end since he's come back from injury, and the idea is what I read and what I understand is the idea for him to move inside and play a uh, nose tackle type of deal. However, 
because of injuries, he's had a late defensive end, so we got to keep him on our minds to possibly be one of our inside linemen. Yeah. <clears throat> Do you, um, t- I think two players on the defensive line that are free agents, Marcus Hunt and Al Woods, they're both going to be upcoming free agents. Do you think either of them get resigned? They're getting up there in age. Um, I think Marcus Hunt might, just based on how he's played this season. But I don't see Al Woods getting resigned. Like I said, they want to move Lewis inside, and I think that'll be big for Al Woods not coming back. Al Woods is up there in age, and Ballard probably doesn't want him anymore after this season. I'm not going to lie. I don't know if you noticed, but I noticed for sure. Tyquan Lewis in that um, Jags game, anytime he was on the field, man, he was getting the pressure on the quarterback, and he was pushing the pocket. I'm really excited about him. Yeah, he looked amazing. I'm happy he's back. But this is like his fourth game back. Basically, he's gone through four games of the season, so that's basically preseason to people. He didn't have camp. He didn't have anything. Yeah. He's a monster, and he's going to have time to develop. Yeah, for sure. I can't wait to see what he can bring next year. Um. So, Clayton Gathers, you think he's going to get resigned? I see a signing Gathers. I want someone else back there at safety, uh, but I see a signing Gathers and him being starting next year again. Yeah, at least like a one- or two-year deal like what they gave Jack Muhor to kind of prove himself because they like him as a player, but injury-wise, can't always stay healthy. So maybe see if he can prove himself. Exactly, and he's a big hitter. So he's, like, different from Malik back there. Malik's a ball hawk. Mm-hmm. He's having problems with tackling. But uh, Gathers is a big hitter safety that can make up for anything Malik misses. Well, um, moving on to the Texans game, what are your thoughts? All right, so for the Texans, uh, I have the stats pulled up for us that the Colts are a 40 40- – has a 48.2 third down percentage this season, which is second in the NFL, and I think we're going to have to do better than that against the Texans. That is amazing defense. It's a honey badger back there at safety this season. It's ridiculous, but we got Cassandra back, and we're looking like we could try to do something again. We need this game. Either this one or our next game at Dallas, or one of those are going to be must-wins. I think if we win one of those, we're going to beat the Giants, and we're going to beat Tennessee, and we need to win either this game or Dallas, and I want it to be this game to beat the Texans. Well, so to, so to need to win one game, you think we can still lose one of those two next two games and still make the playoffs, or you, don't you think we need to win out to just make the playoffs? So the Ravens are going to have to deal with a lot. I'm going to answer, but the Ravens are going to have to deal with a lot with Joe Flacco coming back and a little bit of an inside hurting the team, and I think they're not going to win. they got a difficult schedule coming up in the next four games. I think we can lose one of these, but Andrew is good enough to win out, and I think we're going to win out based on Andrew Luck. We're going to go as far as he can take us. Yeah, um, it just sucks that the Jags game really set us back. Uh, really is going to make it a lot harder to make the playoffs when that's a game we really should have won. But um, what do you think about – the Texans wide receivers lining up against us. Think our secondary is going to hold up? Our secondary is going to do the best job they can to hold up. <laughs> we got DeAndre Hopkins on one side and Thomas on the other, and it's they're incredible. Thomas has dropped off since Peyton Manning left, which we've all known, but. Thomas 
Giannis is still a reliable guy, and now that he's the number two instead of the number one, like he was, they're ridiculously good, and our corners are going to have a hard time, but our pass rush, it starts with pass rush. If we rush Watson and we don't let him run outside the pocket and make a throw, I think our corners are going to hold him up for a little bit, but if we can't have him back there on skate throwing the ball around. Do you think it's going to be a high-scoring game, like like a 28, 35-point game, or do you think it's going to be a like 20-point, 17 game? I think it has a chance to be a high-scoring game. Like we said, the uh, Texans' offense is clicking. They got Watson back there, the second-best quarterback in our division back there, and they got two receivers that are amazing. Miller has been good. Miller, I don't know where... He came from this season because he's been good. He's a different person. Um, And I think our defense is good enough to hold up Miller in the backfield. I think our offense is going to have to score. We cannot let them take the pace. We we have to score. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Watson, the second-best quarterback in the division. Um, Can we both agree that Blake Bortles is number one then? Oh yeah, I've seen that same thing too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. It's gonna be a game it's gonna be a tough game. If we win this game I hundred percent believe we can win out and then do something. Um, at least because I think um if we went out we'd be playing the Houston in the first round, huh? If we went out, um, And we get the sixth wild card spot, I think we'd play Houston. Chiefs one, Patriots two, Houston three. So yeah. So yeah, we'd be playing Houston in the first round then, in Houston. And I think if we win this weekend, it'll be a big morality boost uh, for uh, the playoffs if we make it to face the Texans again. Let's see. Looking, let me look up at the injury report for, or at least today. I'm um, at the Colts practice. Um, Ryan Kelly, Moali Cox, Mike Mitchell, Eric Ebron, and T.Y. Hilton all did not practice today. Uh, hopefully the shoulder injury or whatever happened last game with T.Y. is not serious, and hopefully he can play. Um, man, I'd say the game's almost not a chance if T.Y. Hilton doesn't play the way the other wide receivers have played. If T.Y. doesn't play, I'd give it to Houston. 100%, that, that yeah. yeah that, T.Y.'s such a big part of what we do here. If he doesn't play, the rest of the season is going to be difficult. And looking at the other wide receivers on the Colts team, like Grant, Inman, Rogers, and Pascal, they're all free agents um, come off season. You think any of them come back? Especially the way they've been playing, disappointing. Inman's done okay with you know being short time with the team. He's done okay, but. Chester Rogers. Chester went big this season on a lot of games, and which is which is good for us. 
He hasn't done that, but he's went big on a lot of games this season, and there's a chance we bring him back. I believe we might. I think with our wide receiver core right now, we have to bring back a few of them because if we go ahead and let them walk, like you just said four names. So if we go ahead and let them walk, that's basically our whole receiving core, and Ballard's not going to do that. He's going to keep the young players who he believes are the best, and I think Rodgers is going to be number one on his list out of those players. Well, and if you let him walk too, I mean, who are you going to replace him with? This, in my opinion, the free agency wide receiver, like the players that are going to be in this upcoming free agency at wide receiver, it's not that good. And then, so we're what? We're going to draft two or three wide receivers in the draft? I mean, I I don't know. I think he's going to have to bring some of them back for sure, because I don't know who the heck he could replace them with. Um, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. And with uh, what I'm really excited about next season is that, of course, you sign some of them back. But next season, uh, we go into preseason, we go into camp with Reese Alton, who has had a year to develop on the practice squad. And unlike everybody else on the Colts practice squad, he's never been let go and brought back. He just stayed the entire time. So we have Reese Alton, and Deion Kane is on IR right now. He gets back. I'm super excited for him. He was supposed to be the guy this season that was going to play with T.Y. And that's what it looks yeah. like. So I'm super excited. Yeah, I'm excited for Deion Kane coming out. That dude was a steal. Falling in draft. Absolutely. Ballard can draft. Ballard can draft. Yeah, 100%. Um, let's see. Texans game. Anything else we can say about that? So the Texans against the Browns, uh, that's who they just played. Like Baker Mayfield kind of looks like a rookie for a little bit, but he had 351 yards through the air with only missing six attempts. He went 24 for 30 in the final two quarters. And he totaled 397 yards, and he had a touchdown. So, and Jarvis Landry, who is amazing. We all know Jarvis Landry can catch. But Jarvis, Antonio Callaway, and Rashad Higgins combined for 13 receptions, 249 yards, and a touchdown. So their corners are giving up plays to people who may not be the greatest. I know Landry's good, Callaway's fast, but Higgins isn't the best. So I think if we can get the ball out of Andrew's hands, we can do some short stuff, I think we'll be okay. Yeah. Um, let's see, man. Hopefully Ryan Kelly plays. Oh, yeah, that's the hope I don't, every week. I don't, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't think he's going to play, but it would be really nice if he did make the offense line a lot better. Um, Like you said, though, Evan Boheme isn't bad, but he's not great. Um, You can tell there's a difference in the run game. With no Ryan Kelly. No, absolutely. It, it shows, and it's kind of it's kind of glaring, to be honest with you, how much it shows. So let's talk about let's, something that we were going to talk about. Um, uh, Frank Wright and Eric Ebron and Chris Ballard are talking about this aggressive approach oh, on the, offense. Uh, fourth down. Yeah. Yeah, so... Of course, we all know it's high risk, high reward sometimes, and we've gone on a lot of them. And like we said, Wright comes from Philly. They do that. Fowler came on, and he, he completely supports it. He says, our analytic guys say it's the right move. Frank says it's the right move. That's what we're going to do. Ebron came on and said this, quote, unquote, we need that. We need that. That lets you know how much trust they have in us. That lets you know how much work we put in for those situations. Because it 
he feels amazing that he has a coach that actually trusts him instead of how he was in Detroit. So he feels amazing now about it, and everyone likes going for it. And I believe there's a few situations in the game where we should kick a field goal or we shouldn't go for uh, go for the game. But it's okay because everybody on the organization seems to like going for it again. I know one thing I keep seeing or hearing is people say Frank Wright is really not holding it like together because you look at the situation in the game, the Jags had Cody Kessler, and starting out in the game, you could tell it's not going to be a high-scoring game for them. So, I mean, field goals, three field goals, two field goals could have won the game. So a lot of people were kind of questioning Frank Wright because the situation, you don't have to score a lot. You just have to score field goals really to beat the Jags because their offense is so bad. Yeah. And that's why we watch it. That's why we love it. And it was just our turn to lose. And I had to sit down for a little bit and think about that because Reich, I don't believe, made the right call on all of them. But he's our head coach. It's his first year, and we all trust him. And we'll, you just got to look at it like this. If we didn't have Reich and we were in the situation we were last year. With Chuck Pagano. Like, exactly. Going to so fake a punt. Gonna fake yeah, a punt and look punt. just yeah stupidest stuff ever, man. That that fake punt we had a legit chance in that Patriots game, and the fake punt totally lost the game. Made the best punter of all time was higher. I'm yeah. telling you right now, it just on Pat McAfee's show. I don't know if everybody watched it. Good, um, the Pat McAfee show. He talks about how the only reason he stayed with the Colts as long as he did was because of first day, Ballard. And the rest of the coaching staff made him want to retire and leave the Colts organization, not sign back, all that. So that's, that's we we're good without Ballard, and we are amazing with Frank Wright. Wait, you mean Grigson, not Ballard? Yep. <laughs> yeah, Ballard? yeah, you said Ballard. I was about to say, what, bro? But, yeah, yeah, Grigson. I know, Um, I remember when uh, Grigson first got fired, Pat McAfee said on Twitter, like, Finally, you deserve it or whatever, because I guess he treated players really bad and had a really bad, yeah, bad again, ego. I, yeah, and again, I apologize for saying Ballard instead of Grayson. It's been a, really it's disrespectful, been man. Yeah, it is. I need to, like, call him and apologize. No, <laughs> yeah. Pat McAfee has been very voiceful with how Grayson treated players and why he left the NFL. And everything like that. And if let's just say if we didn't have Ursay, a lot of players would have left during the Grigson uh, Pagano fence. Yeah, man, Chuck Pagano, so many bad memories. Just in the Grigson era, man, drafting like what is it? Isn't it like the 2013 draft to 2016? There's only one player on the Colts still, and that's Clayton Gathers. That's yeah, terrible. That's right. It's Malcolm like Malcolm Brown from wasn't it Florida State or something like that? Uh, Malcolm Brown for Texas. Okay, yeah, I got you. Yeah, I remember that draft though with Malcolm Brown. Yeah, and I think wasn't Landon Collins in that draft too? Malcolm Brown draft wasn't that when we took Philip Dorsett? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I think Landon Collins was yeah. on the board too. Yeah. Philip Dorsett was our first pick. I pulled out of my 
mad when I I couldn't I couldn't stand it. Well, I remember um, Dante Moncrief when he was a wide receiver with us um, back in that draft. That he posted a thing, "Build the monster." What the Colts saying was back then with Gregson and Pagano, BTM, build the monster. Posted that, and then and the start of the first round to see what the Colts were going to do because at the time, and we just came off a good season, looked like we we're going to be contenders next year, and they draft a freaking wide receiver first round. And I think Moncrief deleted the post or something. He he did something that made me think, "Oh, that's funny," but yeah, it was a big mess up, man. That was terrible. Terrible decision. Listen, what we're going through now is what Pagano and Grayson set up for us. Okay, it was the only good draft they ever had was Andrew, and then they went Kobe Fleener and uh, Dwayne, the other tight end. So the fact that they went with bad drafts the entire time and we are where we are, we should be thankful. One thing, um, I want to say is about rebuilding and this team rebuilding. And I know after the Jags game, you probably saw the post I did saying this team has a lot of potential. And I fully believe next year the Colts are going to be an AFC South. They're going to win the AFC South and be an AFC contender for the Super Bowl. And I said, you know, just got another offseason rebuilding to go through because this team's not all the way there. Obviously, some more things that need to be added um, position-wise. But um, I know people were saying I'm tired of rebuilding, blah, blah, blah. It's been doing this for so long, but you think about it. When Chris Ballard was hired, everything we were rebuilding before with Gregson and Chuck Pagano, that was restarted. I mean, he got rid of basically every player from that team. There's only a few players left um, that were still under Chuck Pagano and Gregson at one point. So really to say, it's been a year and a half worth of an offseason for Chris Ballard, and he's put us into where we're so close to being a contender. And it took four or five years of Andrew Luck carrying this team and then without him for us to really see it, that it was not Grigson. The drafts were terrible. Free agent signings were terrible, overpaying older guys. It just, looking like the Eagles, that's what we were like. The, we were like the Eagles in a way because you look at the Eagles right now, they do not have a lot of youth. They have a lot of older guys that are kind of you know falling off, and that's why the Eagles are really struggling so much right now. And that's what the Colts, man, they were relying on older guys. We didn't have a lot of young players at the time. Our average age, age was like 33 at one point with um, when we were going 11-5 and five or whatever. And we were just an older team with a lot of new faces. And I don't know, I think everything from back then to now, it's total reset. So I don't really can really say back then it was rebuilding. I say it's been a year and a half off season worth of rebuilding now because all that's been thrown out the window from before. Well, and another thing, too, is with when Chris Ballard was hired, I heard another Colts podcast talk about this, too. Chris Ballard was hired late, and not just late. He came to a new – he had to move his family to Indianapolis. Then after that, he had to watch game tape of every game the Colts had the season before to see really what this team was. So, I mean, that's why I said a year and a half worth of offseason because, I mean, he had a half offseason um, his first year. Like, his first offseason, man, he was he came in late to the Colts. And he had a lot to do to overcome to, for it to really only be a half of an offseason to, to be with us and uh, really see what we needed. So, I mean, this last offseason was probably his best great draft. That's a full offseason. I can't wait to see what this upcoming offseason is going to be like and what he brings um, talent-wise to this team. All I have to say is let's just keep signing people late. We 
sign Bauer late, we see how that works. We sign Reich late because of what happened, and we see how that's working. Let's just keep signing people late because we're getting the right people in the door. Man, I hope Josh McDaniels goes with the Packers this offseason, and I hope he does absolutely terrible. I, I believe he will. Bad ego, really immature to do what he did. I think he's not going to succeed. And I'm going to tell you, I don't think the Packers are going to be the spot for him. I don't think the Packers are going to take him because of that. How do you pick, a, if you're going to leave to go to the Packers, how the hell do you pick the Packers over a Colts team? Andrew, like, a lot younger at quarterback. I don't know, I just say potential-wise, the Colts is a lot more potential of a head coaching job than the Packers, even if it's Aaron yeah, Rodgers. No. Without a doubt, because it is Aaron Rodgers with the Packers, but, like, they got Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers. And then you say, well, what next? Like, well, what else do they have? Because it's those two, and Rodgers is one of the best we've ever seen and he might be the best quarterback right now because he's able to throw the ball in positions that nobody else can. But you look at the rest of that team and you say, well, what else do you got for me? And yeah. honestly, I think they're going to take the Browns' job because there's a lot of things that the Browns have to offer. With all that young talent, I think people are going to take the Browns' job. Aaron Rodgers makes it scary for anyone, and anybody might take that job. I don't know, if I was a Browns fan, I wouldn't want Josh McDaniels. I'd want a different head coach to lead Baker Mayfield and help him develop. I I, I liked Hugh Jackson a lot. I mean, I know he did pretty bad, only had a few wins, if that. But I like Hugh Jackson as a coach. I don't know if you watch Hard Knocks, but this last year with the Browns, I really started to like Hugh Jackson. Well, here's the thing. Hugh has a – he's got an old-school mind, really, and – like, I thought they were going to win more with uh, Tyrod Taylor at quarterback. I thought they were pretty set up in the beginning of the season. But after watching Hard Knocks and hearing Hugh and hearing the offensive coordinator, I like, you could tell they weren't together. You could tell they weren't on the same page. And that's what really destroyed this whole season for Hugh Jackson is that him and uh, his offensive coordinator could not get on the same page at all. Yeah, I remember one of the things on Hard Knocks. I know this is not Colts related, but with Hugh Jackson, they were sitting in a meeting room, and he said something about like whether we should play these players or not or something. And then somebody disagreed with him. He said, well, you know what? At one point I was in your chair, but right now I'm in this chair, and this means I'm the head coach. This is my team. And to see that, man, that wasn't like – I was thinking, dude, that's a little bit not together. You can't do that. Yeah. I mean, it is, you are the head coach. It is your team. But you have to be respectful of your coaches. You have to take in uh, everything they say and take it to account because you hired those guys. Those guys are your assistant coaches. They're supposed to help you out. Yeah, 100%, man. Getting off topic now, though, but anything you got else about the Texans game? Anything else about the Texans game? Uh, no, just got to win third downs. And I think if we win third downs and we kick a few, few field goals here and there, I think we'll be okay. What is your score prediction? Score prediction for the Texans game is, I say, 24-21 on the last second field goal by the GOAT. Wait, so say that again because I heard 44-21. 24-21, last second field goal by the GOAT. Gotcha, that, that makes a lot more sense. I'm going to say, um... 
I'm going to say 30-27 Colts. Again, probably a late field goal. Probably, yeah. I, I say Rigoberto Sanchez, though. I think something's going to happen. Adam Vinteri is going to be in the bathroom. Rigoberto Sanchez kicks the game-winning field goal. I know, dude. He's coming off Pat McAfee. We got pretty lucky getting another good punter. No, absolutely. Coming off Pat, I thought there was nothing better. I got a funny story about Pat whenever we had time now. Yeah. Okay, man. Well, anything else you got to say um, before we end this? Uh, no, not about the Texans. I just hope we do well. We got a lot of developing talent, and we gotta. I know nobody wants to wait, but this season, even if we make the playoffs, uh, we might have, I think we're going to have to wait another year to see what we really can do. Well, and talking about that, too, I mean, we have such a young football team, defensively and offensive line-wise. Probably one of the young, youngest offensive lines in the NFL, other than Costanzo, really. Um, and then defensively, got, like, one of the youngest linebacking cores in the NFL. Same with secondary corners and safe, safeties really young. Defense lines, either either old or young either one- or two-year players or, like, vets? Well, you know, um, I'm, I'm kind of hoping we do make it this year, even though I'm not – I don't think we'll make a run this year. Um, I, I hope that we do just to give our young players experience with playoffs and playing the offseason because most players on our team now don't know what it's like. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point, man. Well, anything else? Uh, no, that's it for me. All right, man, that's it for me. Um, thank you for coming on this episode. For anyone that's still listening, um, Brent is going to be on this podcast now. So I'm excited to keep doing this with you, and we'll see where this takes us, man. I'm beyond excited. Thank you for having me as your co-host. I can't wait to do this with you. Sounds good, man. Thank you. I right, see you.